Welcome back, everyone, to the Lovely Travels podcast. Uh, I am Emma Lovell, your host, and introducing my lovely co-host, Darius. It's me, everyone. How are you all doing? Great. That's lovely to hear. (laughs) We are going to be talking today about Japan. Konnichiwa. The land of the rising sun. Yes. So it's pretty fun because... Darius and I both ended up going, well, actually, I went to Japan when I was two. It was actually the first country oh, outside wow. Australia I ever went to. I have heaps of memories of it. Not. <laughs> um, I told, I'm told it was a wonderful trip. Uh, so, you know, it really started my tastes for travel. Um, but, yeah, we actually both have been there now, but we, um, we studied J- Japanese in year eight together. Uh, some of us by choice, some of us not. Yeah, I think we've told the story. No, tell it again. It's more fun. It's not fun at all. It just makes me relive my traumatic childhood. I'll tell it. It's Um, really fun. So in year seven at our high school, we did French, German, and Japanese. Um, We did, you know, like a third of the year in each. And then in year eight, you got to choose the language that you would do. Now you would Mm -hmm. think... Darius, being a native German, uh, would have chosen German because that might have made his life easy. But no, alas, dear listeners, he wanted the challenge, wanted to challenge himself. Slash, he was... Objection, Your Honour. That is not how the story goes. He was a tad forgetful and a tad late. I didn't hand in the piece of paper which said I wanted to do German and got bumped to the to the reject class of like hey, hey, three hey. people who wanted to do Japanese hey, and there was at least of, us of us who didn't have a choice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. There was like at least a yeah, solid 20 of us. So, yes, French out right. of 150 students, French and um, German were definitely the popular ones. But, uh, we, mm. you know, we had a good time in our Japanese class. Uh, well. We learnt all the characters and uh, some wonderful books we had. But uh, Yeah. Nihongo desu nan desu ka? Watashi wa Darius desu. Yoroshiku onegaishimasu. So, if you speak Japanese and you're listening, I hope that we are not insulting you <laughs> greatly yes. with our mm. uh, memories of Japanese. So, but it was actually like funny when I, my, so I went in 19, I guess if I was almost two, it would have been 1989. And then my second trip was in 2008. And I was surprised by how much I could remember. And when I was speaking with, I I went for a conference with my dad and I was quite surprised, yeah, how much I could remember. And somebody would say something Mm. and I'd say, oh, you just said something like this. And they were like, oh, you speak Japanese. And I was like, chisai. Chisai. Oh, that's a good one. Chisai. Um, Easier no, if you look, say look, things with emphasis. It makes you remember them. Yeah. Um, no, it's looking back, you know, it's it's a crying shame I didn't pay more attention or wasn't more motivated um, in Japanese class. Um, it's funny still, that it's such a popular um, one in Australia because, like, I don't know about your primary school, but, like, we did it in year three and then we did it again in year five. And then so yeah. that's, for me, I had already had a taste of it. 
you know, it's certainly in the restaurants and things, but it's not available at like little stalls and kiosks or like having no. a whole place dedicated to sushi the way we have it. Yeah. No, I, I like the, um, like at, at 7 Eleven and stuff in, in Japan or Tokyo, but probably the rest of Japan as well. Get like the onigiri, the like the rice balls wrapped in seaweed and stuff. And well, I guess sushi, you know, a lot of if you're having sushi properly and, and Japan is a big fan of ceremony and, and traditions, like it's not not really a fast food, right? It's it's um to be celebrated. Like so maybe it doesn't it doesn't really fit with with you know quickly having some sushi because you're probably meant to sit down and, and have it made for you specially. Yeah. So we kind of ruined that. But I loved, I don't know about you, but I loved in Japan that every restaurant, my, my dad really remembered this like fondly and loved it when we went back, that all the restaurants, a lot of the restaurants have in the front window uh, all the food of the menu mm. made out of plasticine molds. Yeah. So it's like, what do you want to eat? It's like literally yeah. we've made it out of, and I, I think they actually are full shops dedicated to those little mm. Like little egg model and a little noodle model and a little um, piece of sort of rasher bacon model and yeah, the waffle shop has you know the ice cream and the banana and like it just like literally can go up and go I want that and it will come out yeah. and you'll be like well cool that's what I'm having. Fa- failing that, like a lot of the ramen places that I went to in in Tokyo because you know I pretty much went there to eat ramen. Um, <laughs> was um you know they have like like vending machines with pictures on it so like even though nobody speaks english in the shop you can still get fed because all your main interaction is with a machine yeah oh and mm. the vending machines were spectacular i remember going down the hallways and just yeah like you would i've be read like, that every 12 meters there's a vending machine in tokyo that's pretty impressive you can have one I'm not sure but the vending machines are very like uh, eclectic you know, so you're like, mm-hmm. I'd, I need an iced coffee, I'd like an energy drink, but I would also like a pair of underwear and a yeah. razor. And a razor and perhaps a watermelon. Yeah, all in one because <laughs> mm. that's the things you might need in your hotel corridor. Um, yeah, no, I really enjoyed so, that. But I must say that in Tokyo I was a bit naughty and uh, oh. we were at the conference but – Three out of we were there for five days. I think three out of the five nights we ended up at TGI Fridays. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> but it was awesome because it was like Japanese TGI Fridays, and like all the staff were like over the top kind of anime dressed. Yeah. Like they had like all the buttons and all the crazy hair and all that yeah. sort of stuff. And one I remember night, walking walking past it. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I was it one night we pretended it was. Um, my dad's birthday <laughs> and then we got like the free Sunday and they sang to us. <laughs> we were just regulars in there and I was just like, we are the worst tourist people. But like we had a lot of other traditional culture at the conference, I promise. And then we went out to TGI mm. Fridays and, yeah, it was fun. Wow, but Tokyo is such an amazing city. I had so much fun there. I can't wait to go back. Yeah, it's impressive. Like There's so much to do. Being the largest metropolitan region in the world, <laughs> it's, it's mental. Like, yeah, thirty-six million people. Did you get to the Shibuya Crossing? Of course. So the Crossed Shibuya it. Crossing is that famous 
crossing that everybody's seen, like basically sort of that iconic picture of Tokyo where the road is clear, it goes clear for a second and then all the people come and then it goes clear for a second and then the cars go. But it's like this massive like six-way intersection and there's all these big um, billboards like... um, what do you mean? Uh, digitized neon, billboards, neon signs and, stuff, and yeah. so it's just like it's sort of very quintessential city scene. And you literally go there. Like we got the train there, crossed the road a couple of times, <laughs> took some photos, and left. Like we just we didn't want to do anything in Shibuya. We just wanted to like cross the road. Yeah, it's it's a very sort of like um, downtown sort of working um, office area. Like it's not particularly nice, but it has that iconic crossing. Uh, some good ramen spots as well. I can't remember the <laughs> just, just just ramen tour of of Tokyo. Yeah, I probably ate like I was there a week. I probably ate like ten, twelve bowls of ramen. That's impressive. Yeah, so that's a lot of ramen, um, but it's very tasty. Back, back. To, I was going to say something about um, sushi before. Um, when I was in Tokyo, I actually I went to the to the fish market, so Suzuki fish markets and um they have this thing where you can if you get there early enough you can watch the tuna auction where i had they, heard about uh, the fish market yeah yeah and the, the like tuna 4:30, auction is, though something silly yeah, it's really early really early which is like an experience in its own like getting the first sort of train in tokyo the first subway uh, pretty much by yourself and everything's dark and everything's quiet and um you get there and it's like this industrial area where the where the fish market is, um, and then you somehow manage to get into the tuna auction, and then it like it only takes like thirty minutes, and they sell like millions of dollars <laughs> worth of tuna. Um, and then I went for breakfast uh, in the. There's a lot of restaurants like tacked onto the fish market, and had probably the best bowl of shirashi I ever had, which is like uh, sushi rice with the fish on top. I was going to say, what is what is form. That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> famous uh, favorite way to eat it, um, and that was just amazing. Like the, the freshest fish you can probably get, um, and it was breakfast. It was like six o'clock in the morning eating eating shirashi for breakfast in Tokyo. It was quite an experience. That is very cool. Yeah, I mm. had been told about that, and I did not wake up early. <laughs> mm. I was like, do you, like, do you want to come? And I was like, no, I really don't. <laughs> Thank you. I, actually, I did it twice uh, because the first day I went, it wasn't open. <laughs> oh, no. That's the worst. <laughs> so I, just, I got a very early start that day for no good reason at all. I hope you had a nap. And I, I can't remember. So much, <laughs> so much to do, so much to see. Who were you there with? My girlfriend at the time. Huh. Was that on, like, on a way back or two, or did you just go from here for a... No, no, no. So the, the the infamous trip back to Germany, where we did six weeks of travelling and visited a whole bunch of places, that was somewhere in the middle of that. Ah, there you go. How long did you have in Tokyo? A week. Oh, cool. Yeah. Look, yeah. you need you need a bit of time. Like I would love to, and uh, yeah, like I've been twice to Japan and um, just to Tokyo. So yeah, I went as I said for a conference, but. There's so many places I would love to go. I'm dying to get over there and get skiing. Um, mm. I love skiing. And from Australia, it's very affordable to go mm. um, skiing. I think my 
husband has been twice skiing there, at least once. Um, I think Nagano is where they had the Olympics, but um, Mm -hmm. it's Hakuba and there's another N place that's like they're the two popular places. Um, And like, yeah, just like like anywhere a bunch of Aussies are there. (laughs) But but they just say like, you know, it's that, that culture thing as well. So the snow is epic. Deep, yeah. deep powder and stuff like that and then but also just you know sort of going out having like beers and the sake and like the the food in the night and just the little towns are are very lovely so oh god what's the other one starts with there it's not because nagano is the olympics it's gonna it'll come to me like the end of the episode anyway dying okay. to do that um the other place i really would love to get to is mount fuji mm, fuji-san and I'd love I'd like to be to there to... at the time of the cherry blossoms. That would be mm. that would be beautiful. But I heard from my friend, our, our mutual friend Marika, that just as a tip for people, anyone who has children, uh, probs not the best place with small-ish children. Um, mm. My parents took me when I was four and two. Uh, well, I was two. My brother was four. But you know, it wasn't. That wasn't for us, and we were only there for a couple of days. She mm. had her children would have been like one and four and six, and she said, "Just like Japan's kind of like that, very like beautiful, like very like you go and look at a temple, or you go and look at like you know that yeah the temple sort of structures and the beautiful gardens mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. but that's not really like children can't do a lot with that, so yeah." And so maybe either when they're very little, like like when we were, and no, you don't, we don't really need that much to interact with, or mm. maybe once they're like over ten and they kind of can understand and appreciate the culture and what they're seeing, that that middle oh, bracket is. She said there just tricky. wasn't that much for the kids to do, and there's play, a lot of places like you're more quiet and. Yeah, I was going to say like I think. You know, a, a, big, a big part of Japanese culture is, like, perfection and respect and stuff like that. And, like, if you don't want to be an oafish tourist, like, you've got to show that respect. And little kids just might not understand or not be interested, which is which is fine. But, like, yeah, I think, yeah, you need, need discipline. But it's just, it's, like, good to know. It's just, like, okay, cool. Well, maybe not the destination we take them you know, like doesn't mm. mean you can never go with kids. It just means like it's sort of an age-appropriate trip. Sure. <laughs> um, sure. And I know that like sometimes some kids love sushi and stuff like that and some kids mm. the food can be quite particular. So if well, they're not into that food, then oh, actually that much sushi time. available. Yeah, yeah. So if they like, you know, yeah, if they don't like rice and noodles and kind of like thin cuts of beef and, oh, like, you know, thinly flavoured meats and stuff. Like, you need to evaluate food. your parenting choices. <laughs> beautiful food. But, yeah, that I think if you've got a little fussy eater, you're going to have a bit of a trouble. Mm. Anyway, uh, neither of us have kids, so it doesn't matter. We'll go back. No. Um, <laughs> but just for the – so we have a covering the broad range of, of listeners that we have. Japan has such a low birth rate that there are more adult diapers sold than baby diapers. Oh, wow. Yeah. So maybe they just don't have like a children-focused infrastructure because there's just no demand. Well, there definitely is that like, yeah, that sort of 
and I, I will um, – we do plan to have – we'll be talking to someone from Japan on this episode. Um, you know, there is – it's it's a very fascinating culture and there's um, – there is a lot of, like, respect. There's a lot of um, dignity. There's a lot of, um, I guess, ritual and things yeah. like that. So very for some people they can find that restrictive. Mm. Um but I mean there's things that work amazingly in Japan because of that, like uh very efficient, uh very technologically advanced. Um yeah. they are respectful. Um take a lot of pride in their work. Hmm. It doesn't matter what it is, like they're 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 you know, from from like someone who who I guess empties garbage bins to, you know, someone who builds computers, it's it's there's this really high level of pride. In, in your work and taking getting perfect at what you do like it's pretty impressive yeah and just how beautiful at the even the, you know the food the presentation like a bento box and it's like you know there's been this big um sweeping around the world of Marie Kondo I'm a Marie Kondo convert myself and the you know, KonMari method which is like with the folding and that everything has a place and having a tidy home and that they do this cleaning and they're like you can't clean if it's not tidy and so you have to do this proper cleaning and it's part of the culture like everybody at this like certain time of year does this deep cleaning of the house and so um you know this preciseness and she said like the bento box is like the perfect example of the japanese culture how you have this box of four and you have these little foods that each fits in and it's so beautifully presented and Mm. each each thing has its little place yeah you know even that the way it comes to you it's so well designed and yeah. the way the dress like the kimono like it's it's mm-hmm. very it's like a it's like a gift like it's like a beautiful gift wrapped thing and you just find that when you're there you know, things are presented very beautifully and kept very immaculately yeah and that's very yeah. ad- admirable to the western world it's quite funny that we get on so well um australians and japanese because we're quite opposite in our cultures and maybe that's why we're very laid back very relaxed don't really care about rules (laughs) just uh, do what you want you can get over there that's fine Mm. but i loved i don't know if you ever had them but in um primary school and in high school we had japanese exchange students and uh, we a couple of times hosted the japanese exchange students and they were just they give the best gifts. Um, there's beautiful, like, you know, the origami paper and just yeah, it's very gift culture. Like um, yeah. presenting a gift to your host is, is very important. Um, they're just very sweet, very interested. Um, yeah, wonderful guests, very, very neat. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, we loved that, that fun of picking up words from them and then helping them with their English. So if that, if that program still runs, by all means, I would so encourage it. It's so lovely having someone come stay in your home and getting to learn about their culture directly from them and oh, share yeah. your culture like, with them. Yeah, it's it's such a great way to 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 almost travel without having to leave your home because you just bring someone else's culture um, to your house. Yeah, so yeah, played dressing idea. up in kimonos, played gifting and I think they uh, a couple of times they cooked for us and things like that and Mm. it was yeah it was really fun I have very fond memories
to Tokyo, um, I guess my favorite places that I remember, I loved Harajuku. Mm-hmm. Um, Harajuku markets became famous. Anybody who like knows the Gwen Stefani when she came out with her Harajuku girls. Um, Don't know what you're talking about. When Gwen Stefani relaunched like her career on her own, a solo career, she had Harajuku girls in all of her videos and on her albums, and they had that. So that Harajuku style, mm. even though it was a little bit of it in the Western culture, it became quite famous in Western culture. And so that was right. around that time I went there and I was like, I have to go to Harajuku. And so it's this little, it's an area, but this, this yeah. market area is very famous and it's where all those people, people dress up in anime. And so you'll see this girl dressed up like a doll, but like it's giant blonde hair massive shoes, little tiny yeah, little dress. Cos- cosplay and stuff like that. Yeah, they just, and mm. so just like characters walking around and I went into one shop and it was like Alice in Wonderland type style. It was kind of creepy. Like all the mannequins had um, rabbit heads and the whole <sighs> shop had like grass on the ground and just like they love a theme. And a lot of themed yeah. restaurants um, I hadn't gone when this was the craze, but now there's all like the cat cafes. There's like an owl cafe. There's a hedgehog cafe, puppy cafe. Wow! Imagine if they like all got things. together, it'd just be like <laughs> massive shit fight of animals <laughs> chasing each other around. But yeah, apparently that's 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 the thing to do now. But yeah, Harajuku was great for shopping, and I'm, I'm struggling. I've been googling it, but I'm, I'm just going to say it was right near. Harajuku in Harajuku area there was a beautiful gardens we went to and had all those like sort of stone it's, sculptures and I, I think the the for me like remembering where stuff was in relation to each other in Tokyo is super hard because it's a massive city and like super like public transport you get on it takes you somewhere at a thousand miles an hour and then you're like oh uh this must be just like two stops but you might be on the other side of town like yeah and it's very like yeah you if you know where you want to go, you find it on the subway map or the metro mm. map and, like, mm. yeah, super easy to get there. We're, yeah, we found using the train really easy. But, yeah, like yep. you say, I think a lot of the stops look familiar too. So you'd sort of come out and you'd be like, the sign says I'm in the right place. So yeah. I guess we're here. <laughs> and so, yeah, and I think sort of in my memory the garden is right next to Harajuku Market Entry, but maybe I don't know. it wasn't. I don't mm. know. Hmm. But I liked that day very much, and I have a photo I'll put up from that. Um, someone might be able to somebody if you know and you're listening and you you know what I'm talking about. Please, please write yeah, the, to me. The, the correct the correct guess will get one thousand lovely traveler points <laughs> to be used at the time the when we work out what they worked out to be. But yes. the thing that I the other thing I loved. Uh, I don't know if this is the right thing, but, um, oh, yeah, I think it is. So we also went to um, Asakusa, which is like the temple area, um, and that was so impressive. And it was kind of special when I went there because my dad had taken me there when I was two. And so for Mm. him that was kind of like the one of the places that he really remembered taking us. And yep. then going back there with me as an adult was, like, really special for him. And, I mean, mm. it's super impressive, like, big red facade, 
beautiful, like intricately designed. And uh, they had this like food market, like stall out the front, like a bunch of food stalls out the front. And I tried mm-hmm. these things. They were like, there's probably like the actual name for it. I could type it in. But um, octopus balls. Mm-hmm. So they're like. I want to say okonomiyaki, but I'm not sure. Okay, you Google it while I'm talking about it. But they are like, yeah, balls of sort of pastry-ish. And then they have like a sauce in the middle and octopus as well in there. And I think you get like four. Anyway. Takoyaki. Oh, takoyaki. Okay. Okonomiyaki is the is the um, pancake. Like the pancake. Yeah, which is very good. Oh, I should not be looking at pictures of food right now. <laughs> oh my god. Okonomiyaki, yes. I like I like the Japanese pancake. But the um yes, yeah, so takoyaki. how do you say? Takoyaki. Right. I had that. And I uh, just uh Check your temps, guys. Check your temps because I've been into that thing and it was like octopus and lava coming out and my mouth was just scalded by this like scorching hot street food. So, yeah, if you buy street food, check your temps. And, uh, check your temps. It's also like being hungry and like not caring. It's just like it smells good. It looks good. I want to eat this right now. There goes the roof of my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that day kind of in a nutshell. But, uh, no, I had another fun story to tell you. It's kind of like not got much to do with Japan, but it's pretty fun because it's tied to me being in Japan. Okay. Um, (laughs) The Australian listeners will probably appreciate this story more. It's a travel story. So uh, there's these uh, famous radio hosts in Australia called Hamish and Andy. And I used to listen to them uh, a lot. And I was driving yep. home one day and they were talking on the radio about Daniel um, Radcliffe, Harry Potter, had mm-hmm. been to the Australian premiere of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. And when he was there, he said he saw a girl in the crowd and he it was love at first sight. And he was so in love. It wasn't me. Uh, he was oh. so in love and he um, it was like, had to find her and he talked about it somewhere somewhere publicly and they're like, you know, has this ever happened to you? Have you like fallen in love with someone at first sight, had this interaction and then tried to find them again? And I did. I had a story. So I rang up and told my story, which was that I was in London in 2006, living in London and I went to the famous walkabout pub and I was there with (laughs) some mates and me and this this guy was like just staring at me the whole time just like not creepy way like just just like Did you have food food on your face <laughs> no no just very good looking man smoldering looking at me just just oh. you know checking and going oh and I'm so I was like I've got to got to see what's happening you know so finally I go over I'm like like you're, like you're looking at me sort of thing and he's like yeah and we had a bit of a chat and Mm. sort of liked each other or whatever and then he had to go so um I got his number I was like yeah we'll talk so you know I just found this guy and then uh went back to the table and went to write him a message and I hadn't saved the number properly so I lost the number so I ran out into the street (laughs) looking both ways (laughs) where is his name was Brad and I was pretty sure he was Australian um from his accent so (laughs) if there's any brad from australia (laughs) listening i was still looking Uh, i'm married now and i love my husband very much but i'm still looking one day uh so anyway (laughs) 
I was devastated. Like he was, he was the man of my dreams, obviously. Um, yeah. So I, there, there was this thing in London called the, um, oh, it's going to escape me now. The, oh, it sounds like a, sounds like a bomb. It sounds like a TNT, bomb. the TNT magazine, TNT, like oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it was the TNT magazine, but on the last page they had like community shout outs. So I wrote into the <laughs> TNT magazine and I wrote, you know, this is Emma. We met at the walkabout in Shepherd's Bush. Um, you know, we had a real moment. I'm going to be back there on Sunday. You should, you know, come and be there and I'll see you again. Yeah. So anyway, put it in the magazine and hope for the best. But they put it in the wrong week. So I was there oh. and, they were, and then didn't come. And then oh. they put in the shout-out the week after and then I couldn't be there. So maybe he went. Maybe he went looking for me. Brad. 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 So anyway, I told Hamish and this story. <laughs> they loved it. They spent right. the next hour of the show saying, if your name is Brad and you were in the UK in 2006, call now. And guys were right. calling in, or do you know a Brad who was there? And then they're like, I, they kept me on the line and then they'd ask me questions and then I'd, you know, <laughs> and then I told them something. And I was like, look, I think he's Australian. He might be South African. And Hamish was like, Emma, you have to get the facts straight. <laughs> That's true. You do have to get this. It's like a national, uh, like, outcry of Brad's. <laughs> so it came to the end of the show. It was like, all right, well, thanks, guys. And then the producer called me back and was like, hey, that was really fun. Like, the guys really loved it. Um, we might like keep this thing going. And I was like, oh, <laughs> awesome. But like I'm flying to Japan tomorrow. So right. uh, like I don't know if I'll be able to take your call, but like I'll give you my dad's number. I think I think oh, they got my email as well. So email is like, give him my dad's number. I call my dad. If you can't reach me, it's because my phone's off, but like call my dad's right. number. Anyway, oh, because your dad was there with you. Because dad was going to Japan too. So. Right, right, right. But I think there might have been a few days lag in in between this, but um, but anyway, I was like, oh whatever, that was a bit of fun, and yeah, but they really loved it, and um, they, they wanted to just like sort of do something with it, and uh, t- took a few days, but yeah, I got to Japan, and as soon as I got there, like got it out of the cab, and my dad's like, Emma, Emma, hurry, we need to go upstairs. And he's like, hurry, we have to get to the phone. I'm like, what? What's going on? He's like, I've had a phone call. Like, you have to get to the phone. He's like, it's the radio. It's <laughs> so the radio. <laughs> I had to call. Like, I've just arrived in Japan. I've had, like, nine-hour flight, been in the taxi, blah, blah, blah. Now I have to call the Hamish and Andy show and talk to the producer and what they've, um, you know, because I was going to be there for, like, I think I was there five days, but maybe it was longer. A week, they were like, "Okay, well, when you're back, we want you to come into the studio. Wow, they want to interview you." And what they did, they got a illustrator, like a um, court drawer, like court artist. So the <laughs> artists who go into the court and you describe, or and they sketch yep. the, the the person on trial, or um, you know, sometimes they need to like get a witness or something, and they so they sketch. Yeah, what have you, you seen tell this them. person? And so I had to tell them what tell him what Brad looked like. And just another fun fact, the sketch artist had actually been in the trial of Ivan Milat. So he was quite It's a, not so fun, but it's it not is fun, a fact. I'll give you that. Fact. Very famous Australian <laughs> murderer. So yes. he had, mm. which meant to me that he was a pretty good artist if he was in that trial. Um, oh, anyway. Just be drawing like angry smiley faces everywhere. 
as I say, it's a, it's a very loose connection to Japan, but um, very, I, okay. But what? So Brad is still on the lamb. <laughs> Brad is still on the loose. They are. Oh, they ended up having a Bradgent. So after putting up the photo on the website, then they got me on another three times. They were calling me the afternoons, asking me questions, and then the person had to ring in and like they see they were seeing if our answers matched up, and then yeah. they ended up being like, "Look." We haven't found you, your Brad, but we'll find you a Brad. A Brad, nice. <laughs> and they had a Bradgent as opposed to a pageant. And I think that by that point they were kind of stitching me up. <laughs> they tried sure. to, like, connect me with someone and I was like, we're not talking. But it was it was a very and, um, fun, weird time in my life. Yeah. And a big shout-out to your husband, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great success, Hamish and Andy. <laughs> Good work, guys. I know. I feel like writing to them and being like, guys, just letting you know, like, call off the hunt, call off the search. It's okay. <laughs> um, so, no. So, anyway, um, yeah, that was my, that was a very long-winded travel story that had a very, very loose link to Japan. <laughs> yes. I also bought a, a top story. in Japan that I then wore mm-hmm. on the Hamish and Andy show. So I wore, bought a top in Harajuku that I wore on the Hamish and Andy show. So there, see, connected. It, yeah, it's connected. all it's all connected. <laughs> oh, Good story. I have, a, I have a similar story, but it's a lot less exciting. Um, I saw the girl of my dreams in, in Amsterdam. She was wearing a blue dress with white polka dots and it was on a bike and her hair was flowing in the wind and the sun was like radiating her and I'm like oh my god and she was gone that was it <laughs> I think that's called a crush Darius <laughs> yeah but it was like meant to be you know what I mean well I don't think so because she's gone well she didn't see me she didn't even get a chance see you at least I had I at least I talked to Brad I just was really crappy at entering its digits. So, for any single folk out there, make sure make sure you both exchange numbers and double check that it's actually in the phone because you could just yeah, you know. I mean, look, make you, won't, a lot you of won't meet your match, stands. you know, if you literally, you know. So, luckily that happened because otherwise wouldn't wouldn't have met Matt, you know. Fate, oh. fate. Everything Anywho. happened for a reason. We both loved Japan. I feel like we've had, Definitely. this has been a very loose thread <laughs> of a conversation about a Japan. A loose fit, a loose fit. We've um, talked about people so outside much, of Japan, Japanese food outside of Japan. Yep. Uh, yep. Not so much about like the inside of Japan, but what the, no. the message is is that we should go back and see more. The message is um, we should go back. That's what I said. Japan is Oh, my good. God. Stop it. Anywho, <laughs> uh, thanks for listening. Going to just do this real quick. Email us. Email us with some of the answers to the blazers that we can't remember. That's info yeah, at lovelytravels.com. If you, seriously, if anybody emails us or writes us or whatever, we will talk about it. We will. So if if you want to appear in a chat, if you have a good question, help. We'll interview. Yeah. We nominate yourself. Bring it out. Nominate yourself. Anyway, Facebook group Lovely Travels. Search it through on Facebook, Lovely Travels. Instagram, Lovely Travels. Um, share us with your share us your 
photos, share with us your photos, hashtag lovely travels, and mm. uh, website. Learn more about us at lovelytravels.com. That's lovely with a double L in the middle. Means double the life. Double the love. Double the love. Lee. Double the the laughs. That's it, because you're here. So next week we will be talking to a wonderful lady who is also a podcaster. She's a prolific podcaster and uh, she does all the things, but she also yeah. loves travels and her name is Kate Toon. So please tune in to with Kate Toon. Did you did you mean tune in? She does that. I can't do that. Ah, That's her thing. Damn it. Yeah. Uh, she's, she's, Good very, work, she, she's like, yeah, no, we both have very catchy last names, so we, we did bond over that. Um, all right, guys. Thank you. Thank you, Darius. Go You're welcome. Thank you. Bye. Not yet. Bye. <laughs>